Hello, how are you? Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Bennett with I Said Shut Up. Now, uh, I'm in a closet. I am, I've been relegated to a small walk-in closet in my apartment. My wife is putting the baby to bed. And it's just, I tell you, I'm, I live in Toronto and houses cost $6 billion here. In case you're unaware of the, the housing market in Canada, it's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. And uh, it, the average house in Toronto, and I mean a shit shack, costs a million dollars. And that's not an exaggeration. That is the actual average amount. Uh, our currency is about 70 cents on the U.S. dollar, and we fluctuate between 70 cents and on par. Usually we're somewhere around 80 cents. So, like, think of, of it in U.S. dollars. It is, it's a million dollars. That's, that's insanity. There's, there's a new um, townhouse development happening close to our place where I was like, hey, we, we like this area. Why don't we go starting? At $1.8 million. Starting. And so you know that that's going to be like a piece of goddamn shit. And yet that, that'll be the best you can do for $1.8 million. And salaries haven't gone up. I've looked at the statistics. Salaries. 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 They've gone up. These goddamn salaries. They uh, they haven't actually gone up. The the uh, people's income has not risen proportionately to uh, inflation. So money banks are just handing out money, handing out cheap money, and so people who can't really afford one point eight million dollar houses are buying them. And me and the wife we're just we're living in this apartment, and I like apartment living. And I said I'd never want anything more than an apartment, but. I have a wife and a baby, and it's just sometimes, sometimes you think it'd be nice to not record my podcast sitting on the floor in my own goddamn closet. You know, I, you've, it's hard not to feel like you could be doing better at life when you're sitting on the floor of the goddamn closet. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not a handyman, you know, I'm not Johnny Johnny Buxa, I don't know how to put pipes in the fireplaces or or stick up uh, some some chimneys. I don't know how to do any of that shit. You know, drain pipes. That's a thing. Siding. Uh, uh, clean out a duct. I've heard that type of term. What is that? Clean out a duct? With what? Where is this duct? And how do I clean it? And I don't want, I don't want to clean it. I don't want to, so what, I'm going to be hiring like people left, right, and center to, to fix up my house, and they'll be gouging me for prices and mow the lawn. You want to, I haven't mowed a lawn since I've been 20 years old. My, I used to mow my parents' lawn, you know, and I hated it. I had hay fever, too, so I would also look like, you know, bees had stung my eyeballs after I mowed it. And I was, oh, you know what I was always afraid of was running over my foot. You know, my, my, uh, my mother used to, the way, the way she would get us to not do something or to do something was to instill fear. She was like a, she was like a conservative pundit, you know, just the immigrants, if they come in, they're going to rape your children. So, you know, uh, mom didn't go that far, but she was talking, she used to say things like, well, Modalon put on some steel toe boots. And then she'd tell me stories, which probably weren't true about the thousands of people she knew that got their feet mangled by a lawnmower. But I was thinking, even if one of them is half true, so uh, it would be like 30 degrees 
uh, Celsius, and I would be mowing these lawns with these giant steel toe boots from my, that my dad had, which didn't fit me at all. But you know, I didn't want my feet mangled. So anyway, that was the last time I mowed a lawn, and uh, I just I don't want to get back into it. I don't want to do yard work. I don't want any appendages mangled. But it's, it's I would like I I don't know. I don't want, I don't, the American dream, your white picket fence, your house in the suburbs, I've always hated it. I come from a small town, all right? And small towns fucking suck. I'm sorry if you live in a small town, but you know it. You know it fucking sucks. And I, and I, I'm reminded of them because I, when I go on the road, that's what I do. I do small towns all the time, you know? Most of people think uh, about the United States and Canada as, as places with cities, and buildings, but they're not. You know, it's it's most of it is farmland and forest and 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 just shitty old suburbs. It's every the second you step outside a major city like Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver, it's just like oh here we are in Middle America. Like it feels the same as when you're you know driving through Missouri or what or Alberta. It's just. It is there's strip malls uh, with the same fucking stores, and everyone looks the same, and everybody's got a baseball hat on, and 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 they're all white. They're all white. You know, there's there's you go to the major cities, you see the diversity, and you start to think this is kind of how Canada is, and then you go, you just drive forty five minutes north, and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, let me tell you some jokes about brown people. Like no, don't tell me jokes about that. That is, because that's the thing. The thing about bigots and racists, they they just, they see me coming and they, it's shocking to me that they, they just assume you're on board. They just, they start going, hey, 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 you, you look like you're the type of guy who'll love this type of joke. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a comedian and they think, ah, comedians have good senses of humor. They think everything's funny when, in fact, comedians are, they're, they're artists, you guys. We're such artists. Our souls fill up the world with goodness. Without us, that's the thing I do like about comics is that technically we're artists, but we don't give a shit about. We're cynical. I saw some fucking lady, uh, one of these actresses, get on. Did I mention this before? I probably did. She was at the Oscars, and she said that that um, she's. Our profession is the only profession that celebrates life. And I am so honored that I get to celebrate life and I've received this award. And I just fucking, oh, patting yourself on the back because you're pretending. You're just pretending. Somebody wrote a good script. That person has a skill. Someone directed it. That person has a skill. And I think this is like a Seinfeld bit. They tell you where to stand, what to say, how to say it. Now, here's an award. You you did what we told you. I believe that's a Seinfeld bit. And he's dead on, as he is with many things. Like, what in the fuck are you giving an award to these people for? And I get it. Some of them are, are, are better than others. But the thing is, it's it's always these giant movies and these... I didn't expect to go down this uh, this tangent, ladies and gentlemen, but it's happening, okay? Now I'm on award shows. And the idea of um, people just, 
it, it's always the big movies is the point I was trying to make. It's so you know it's just money and studios, and then of course once in a while they throw in best foreign film, and then it'll be something you sort of didn't hear of, or maybe it's a production company in Germany that's a multi-trillion-dollar company. I don't. But the thing is, you know, uh, like John Turturro. How about that fucking guy? Why can't we give that guy a goddamn Oscar? No, no, it's like every single Oscar goes to Meryl Streep. And I know John Turturro is not a woman, so he can't get Meryl Streep's awards. But it's just that, you know, it's, oh, we got the Clooney's and the Pitts and the, 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 the Matt Damon's and the, and I like, I like these guys. They're, they're pretty good, but you know what? They're talkers. They are, they're, I, I did a film course in, in Los Angeles when I lived in that place. And there was, um, the teacher, Dov Simons. It's like a weekend long course. And uh, you can look it up. Dov Simons, it's a, he, he really explains how to make a movie A to Z. He doesn't tell you how, like, uh, good luck. He just shows you the nuts and bolts of it. But that's plenty. Apparently, Tarantino took the course and Chris Nolan and and um, and Robert Rodriguez. And those guys are big name directors. So I, I did it. And it was like a weekend long. And it was great. And I, um, I really enjoyed it. And he said something that was very uh, appropriate, I think. He said that, like, a guy like George Clooney is a, is a talker. He's, he's not an actor. And he said, and that's not a shot against him. It's just, now, hi, I'm George Clooney. Hi, I'm Batman in this movie. And then the next movie, oh, hey, I'm George Clooney. I just got a divorce. Oh, hey, I'm George Clooney. Now I'm up in the air, and I'm, I'm a traveling salesman, or whatever the fuck he was in that movie. And um, whereas there are guys like John Turturro, who, honest to Christ, and you probably... Some of you may not even know who I'm talking about. And that's how good of an actor he is. You've probably seen him in things, but you just don't even know who he is because he turns into different people. Like he was in Barton Fink. Barton Fink's probably my favorite movie overall. Barton Fink, written by the Coen brothers. Motherfucking good movie. It's on Netflix. Go watch Barton Fink for Christ's sake. And John Turturro plays a neurotic Jewish uh, playwright. And he's just, of course, you think, well, this is... He clearly is this man. He's a neurotic Jewish playwright, obviously. And then uh, you see him in other movies. Uh, another Coen Brothers movie is Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Where he plays a uh, a bald um, an, an Alabama hick, I believe. And then you think, oh, well. And if you hadn't seen Barton Fink, you would think, well, he's clearly a bald Alabama hick. Because nobody could be this genuine. And, uh, and then in another Coen Brothers movie, they use him a lot because they're smart and they understand his level of talent. Uh, he, in The Big Lebowski, remember the character of uh, De Jesus? He was the, he was the Spanish um, bowler who was also a pedophile. And um, uh, I think it was a pedophile in it. Anyways, yeah. Of course, one of the great movies of all time, The Big Lebowski. And John Turturro played that uh, Spanish bowler who was such a jackass and you would think that must be his real personality he is so oh and here i won't even mention a coen brothers movie this one is a a return of the zohan all right and no i'm not necessarily proud of it that i went to the theater and watched this movie this was actually sarah's dad was in town and sarah was thinking maybe we go to a movie and her dad is like this stern egyptian fellow and um we had no idea what we could watch with this man and so return of the zohan kind of he saw a commercial and he chuckled a little we're like well we're going to that so me and sarah's old egyptian dad and sarah's mom uh we sat down to watch adam sandler's 
Return of the Zohan? I I don't know. It's the one where he plays a hairstylist who's also a Jewish superhero. It's fucked right in the head. But, I mean, it's actually not, for an Adam Sandler movie, it wasn't that bad. And John Turturro played the, uh, I believe, Palestinian superhero who was his biggest rival. And they, it was, there was you know, it was actually quite... Uh, a nice point at the end of the movie like they go on with this silly piece of shit movie and towards the end they start talking to one another the palestinians and uh the israelis and they were talking about how uh what was it uh, adam Sandler was like ah you sometimes i see you across the street and i think ah he's jewish because we all we look alike we're from and because they were saying we're from basically the same area we shouldn't be fighting like this we look like we could be brothers it was quite of a nice kind of a nice point to make i i was i was pretty proud of adam sandler for doing that and to throw that you know into a silly ass movie like that anyway um return of the zohan or whatever the fuck it was called uh go watch it you know and it, it and improve improve diplomatic relations across the world and uh so anyway john Turturro. He looked like a capable uh, secret agent superhero or whatever the fuck he was in that movie. It's, he's just... Now, that's an actor, right? And are we giving him an Oscar every 10 seconds? No, we're not. I think he was nominated for uh, maybe some Golden Globes for Barton Fink, but that's about it. When this... That's a fucking actor. Not this... Even Meryl Streep. Like, I, look, I'm not going to beat the shit out of Meryl Streep. I... <laughs> I mean, I mean, metaphorically, right? I'm certainly not going to actually beat the shit out of Meryl Streep. First of all, I got the osteoporosis. You guys know that. Meryl Streep, who knows? She, she, she might know. She, you know, hit me right in the ribs. Boof. Just dust in the old ribcage. So, um, but I mean, I got to say, some of her old stuff, good. You know, some of this new shit, like that, uh, where she played that aging rock and roller in this, I don't know what that was called, but oh my god! I mean, I'm, she just looked like garbage in that. I mean, it looked like a garbage movie, but it, it, she looked so far from that actual character to me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know, that that old stuff, Kramer versus Kramer, sure thing. But some of the new crap, I don't know. Maybe she's just phoning it in. Maybe she's just seeing how far she can take it before they stop giving her awards. I don't know. But, um, yeah, actors, how did I get on this, guys? Talking about uh, actors patting themselves on the back. And yeah, and that, that, uh, that chick talking about, sorry, that lady talking about um, how she's the only one that celebrates life. You know, we got, we got, there are people out there, there are organizations out there trying to save people's actual lives. Not get paid millions of dollars and picking up trophies you know, don't pretend like this is about other people. All right? Hey, I do stand up. That is not about other people. It's not about making the world a better place. Sure, I try to give you my two cents. I try to say things about, you know, uh injustices when I see them. Injustices? Injustices? Injustice? Maybe it doesn't need a plural. Uh if if I see something that I think is is uh, you know, not right. I'll try to mention it in a joke form, but I got to tell you, if I can't find a good joke about it, I'm not just going to be up there preaching. You know, I fucking because it, it's it's about me. If it wasn't about me, I'd be a humanitarian or or something like. Sometimes I lie to myself and I say if I if I make a lot of money or do, I'll just give some money 
to charities and stuff. But think about how easy that is. So you're saying you have so much money that you can give a pile of money away and you won't even feel it. And uh, that makes you a good person. You know, that's and that that that's uh, pretty much my plan. Pretty much my plan. I could be going out right now. I could go out to a soup kitchen. I could do some shit. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I am. I'm a selfish son of a. Just I am. I am one selfish dick. I. I know that. Look. Look at me. I am. I'm talking in, into a microphone, assuming people want to hear this podcast. You know, and they probably don't. You guys. You guys probably don't want to hear it. I guess maybe you do if you're listening. I guess maybe you want to hear it. And, uh, but yeah, man, these friggin' award shows, I tell you, but I get it. I know why they do them, you know? That's why it's the big movies, you know? It's just that as a comedian, like, I, I really think this is our job as a comic. You kind of take people to task. You don't let things get too far out of control. You see something stupid like the, the Kardashians and reality television going bananas, and you got a bunch of, cynical jaded you know hopefully smart and funny people getting up there ripping it to shreds you know tearing a new asshole so that not necessarily to point to 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 change people's minds or to point out stuff and people go oh you're right about that it's just that there's a lot of silent people who say they're sitting at home they're watching the the kardashians come on and they think to themselves they feel this uneasiness like huh I don't like that. That that doesn't seem very good. But I well, it's the most popular show on TV, you know. And then like a, like a, a a Seinfeld or a Larry David or a a Louis C.K. They get up there and they're like, ah, this is fucking stupid, and here's why. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, that's what I, that's what I thought too. So it kind of I find that comedians a lot of times they give a voice uh, to at least it was that that's why I was so attracted to it. I would hear people say shit. You know, uh, like I grew up in a very religious town and uh, I'd hear comedians kind of skewer religion and talk about, well, that seems pretty stupid. And they're just doing this to manipulate you and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, yeah, I kind of it's kind of what I thought, but it it seemed like nobody else thought that. And if I spoke up, you know, somebody was going to whip me. So stick a stick on the old crown of thorns. But they uh, that that to me. That's kind of what a comic does. And the reason I think that myself and a lot of comedians hate award shows is it's disingenuous. And that's that's a nice word, right? For it. It's because it's it's bullshit is a is a more appropriate word. Because they're pretending that they're giving out awards for performances and as i just told you if that was the case you'd give john Turturro an oscar every year because he turns into different people no they they give awards to the huge movies of that year you know uh nominating fucking things like la la land and 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 the transformers and shit that's just they're nominating things based on budget and 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 based on how much money is given to the academy and blah blah conspiracy theory fucking blah blah but you know what i'm talking about and so what I'm saying is that award shows are marketing. They're fucking just, they're just marketing. And I get it because I'm, I'm losing at life. I, I, I understand why you need to market. Like I, I have a product. I'm a, I'm a comedian and I've got, I've got jokes and CDs and, and I podcast. And so we'd be like, I think people, it'd be nice if they could hear it. 
you know, they might not like it if they hear it, but if they do like it, they could continue listening to things that I say and uh, or going out to my live performances. But I have to make people aware that I exist and it's fucking difficult. It's difficult. So these movies, you know, they're giving out awards and the hoopla and the hype and they taking, oh, here comes Ryan Gosling. Oh, he's wearing a very nice Gucci fucking cummerbund or whatever the fuck they. And it's it's his big song and dance. And it's to promote the movie. It's everything's about promoting the movie that that movie Moonlight. And now that they won, that's just going to get so much more money. And La La Land is going to get so much more money because of all the awards they won, and they can write it on the on the the uh, what do you movie box? Do they even have movie boxes anymore? Or they would some kind of poster? They could write five stars, you know, Casey Affleck, you know, when he's not harassing women, he's winning Oscars, you know. We, so people want the the movie companies they they want to go to these award shows so that more people will give them money. And uh, that and that's why like smaller budget stuff is never around. Nobody gives a shit because they can't make money off it. It's a big and that's why it's so goddamn irritating. And you see that lady get up and say, we're the only profession that hella writes life. And you're like, go fuck yourself. You're in a movie that's big enough to be promoted and marketed. And now you're patting yourself on the back because people are doing a pile of marketing. And that's why guys like Seinfeld, they go fuck award shows. They're pieces of shit. I always hear Bill Burr say that, too. He hates award shows. And, uh, of course, because there's nothing genuine about them. It's just more goddamn marketing. And I say this, but I, I'm in entertainment. I do. I spend money on marketing, advertising. I don't. I spend it poorly. I, I'm, I got nine listeners uh, to this stupid thing. I spend my money poorly. I tried to do Facebook ads for this. I did, I did a Facebook ad. And uh, so you get to target who you want. So I targeted people who liked comedian podcasts. And uh, nobody listened, but somebody blocked me. That's So I spent $8 for a 24-hour period. And the feedback I got was one person blocked me from ever posting again. So, uh, so I, don't, I, don't blame, I don't blame the movie industry. You know, for their bullshit. I, but I do blame the, I, yeah, I, who am I blaming? I'm blaming, I'm blaming the public and I'm blaming the actors and I'm blaming, yeah, the movie industry. Sure. Why not fucking throw them in? But it, they're just, it's just because of the lying, you know, and I know you can't promote, hey, Jimmy Kimmel's promoting the Astros. Hey, folks, why don't you come on out? We're, we're marketing a pile of movies so that you'll give us more money. I mean, nobody, that doesn't sound nice. You want, oh, it's a gala event, and Natalie Portman is going to be there. And it's, guys, it's important. It's so important. Natalie Portman's going to get up on stage, and she's going to be pregnant again for like the ninth straight year, and then she's going to say things. She's going to say things about Donald Trump, and we need to hear them. We when when actors say things, I mean it. And look, good for them. Go ahead and say shit. You know, um, try to if if an actor's up there talking about Syrian refugee crisis and shit. Yeah, sure, talk about it. I mean, you know, get more people because uh, let's say let's say people like you know Matt Damon, and he gets up and he's talking about water shortage and wh- wherever the water shortages are, because that's his big thing. You know, uh, clean 
drinking water, a non-privatization of drinking water, and good for him. Uh, get up there and talk about that. It, it will get more ears, you know, more people involved. That's nice. I, I, I've i never disparaged them, and that's a good way to use the forum, but the fact is it's just fucking marketing. That's all these goddamn things are. They're marketing, and honest, and I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it. You know, I'm talking about comedy with integrity and all that shit, but I I would be the first one to want to promote myself on that type of pulpit. You know, give me a Super Bowl commercial. I'll take it. I I will advertise the shit out of myself if I could. You know, I cuz I just I I want to do this type of stuff for a living. I want to I want to reach a a bigger audience and then later I'll give some money to some charities and feel real good about myself. I'll feel real fucking good about myself. But right now, whereas I'm in Toronto, I can't even buy one of these $19 million houses on my street. You know? So what I've got to do is uh, write a big budget Oscar winning feature and then get up on stage and talk about how we just, guys, we need to global warming, ladies and gentlemen, global warming. That's the thing we need. I'll tell you this. I'll say this, you got your DiCaprio's and you're everyone else talking about the global warming. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Uh, this coincidentally dead horse factors in If if people ate less meat, it would actually really help global warming. Now it's not me being preachy. It's just, it's just me saying it's weird that that's the one thing they don't say. I don't know why they can't say it. Leonardo DiCaprio produced that Cowspiracy, that movie about um, not eating meat and, and the fact that uh, the meat industry, the meat and dairy industry is, is vigilant about shutting down any kind of production that uh, uh, promotes that ideal. So even the movie itself got defunded, and Leonardo DiCaprio funded the movie. So it's he produced it, and yet when he got his Oscar speech, he said global warming is real. We need to do something about it, and that's as far as he took it. And I was like, oh Jesus! It's almost like the movie itself. Like the movie itself was talking about how everyone's afraid to speak out and say, hey, just eat a little less meat, and uh, that'll be better for the environment. And that's what the whole conspiracy is about. And here Leonardo DiCaprio has a chance to say it to the largest audience in the fucking world. And he had just produced a documentary saying that, and he couldn't do it. He was too afraid, I think. I personally, I think he was. And hey, don't get me wrong. I, if, I'm, if somebody's giving me an Oscar and, uh, and the meat industry is, gonna t- is talking about you know, derailing my career or worse, I, pro- I may not get up and say anything. Fucking easy for me to say. I'm sitting in a goddamn closet. Sitting in a fucking closet in the middle of Toronto. Yeah, we uh, just got a king-size bed. That's our new thing. It started It started making me think about the whole issue of space. I don't need to live in the suburbs. I would hate, in fact, to go out and live in the suburbs. I'm just, I'm a city person uh, I, I've always been a city person ever since I was a little kid, even though I was living in a farming community. I just, I wanted everything at my fingertips. I always did. I always wanted something around the corner that I, even if I, even if I'm not going to go to Starbucks, I want it there. I want it there so I can go. Um, and when you're in a farming community, you got to drive 25 minutes to a fucking Tim Hortons 
And uh, Tim Hortons is uh, not a good coffee chain. Sorry, everybody in Canada who may disagree, but uh, it's just it's real shit coffee. Real shit. So we got the king-size bed, and then that just starts making me think about the whole apartment, you know? Oh, well, we need we, now we need to dress up the room because the king-size bed kind of doesn't seem like it fits into the room. The old queen-size bed, it kind of matched and kind of just it seemed like it was about right for the bedroom. And now, now I started thinking about the bedroom. I should paint the walls and I should do all these things. And then, I'm, and then I remember I'm fucking useless. I'm fucking useless. What, I'm going I'm to paint the walls. I'm going to put up uh, photos. I have a drill. I bought a drill because I needed to secure the bureaus to the wall so that the baby doesn't stand on the bureau and kill himself. So um, when the thing comes down, that's a whole thing. In case you don't know, you got to fucking bolt everything to the wall when you got kids. If you don't bolt things to the wall, they will find a way to knock it over right onto their own heads. They're fucking insane. So I I start drilling into our wall uh, to, to put it so, so there's a place to put in the screw and then the fucking whole wall explodes. The whole God, there's like 19 fist size holes in my son's bedroom caused by the drill. And I think it's because I, I don't I don't know, maybe some construction where where our wall was was gyp rock instead of cement. I don't know what the fuck happened. All I know is that his bedroom looks like a war scene. And uh, if I'm going to I'm not going to I'm so afraid to use the drill now. Because I'm going to fuck up everything in our goddamn house. But I don't know. Went to a tailspin. Went to a tailspin thinking, you know, need to get rich so I can so I can buy a house so I can. And then hire people. I always I, I want to be an interior decorator. Basically, I look around and go, oh, with this, we need to spruce this up. I want it to look like, you know, the Sears catalog. Or IKEA catalog or something somewhere a bedroom looks nice, you know. And but then, but then in practice, I can't do a fucking thing. I don't know how to do anything. I barely. I put our bed together and I sliced my finger open. And it was what we bought. We bought a bed online. We bought. Um, we bought from I don't know one of these goddamn online bedding companies that give you a hundred free days to try it out. And it's a foam mattress. And uh, and we bought like a box spring that's not a box spring. It's just like a metal like rack that unfolds. So it was as easy as possible. And I still sliced my index finger open and I bled all over our new bed. Like a fucking $1,500 bed full of blood. And I'm the guy going to be putting up paintings and be an interior designer. No, no, I'm not. So I just, I don't know. I always want, but I can't do. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to go, you know, I would like things to look nicer. I'd like to have pictures on the wall. And then to not have that vision become a reality, very irritating. But that's my life. You know, like I just got my goddamn haircut and uh, it looks, it just looks terrible. I mean, I look like my, my friend, uh, John, who I've mentioned on the podcast, uh, whom I've mentioned on the podcast, he, he says a lot of the kids today, they're getting like the, Looks like the Hitler Youth haircuts, you know, like the young Nazis, you know, where they they shave the sides of the head and then they got the little neat comb over on the top. And uh, that's what I got now. I I didn't. It was not my intention. It's just I kind of went into sort of a a, sort of a trendier place. And the guy has cut my hair before and he's done a good job. It's just I guess he just went all the way with it this time. 
and uh, my wife is like, ah, well, you know, it'll grow out. That's that's when you know that you look like shit. When people are like, hey, it's just hair. It'll grow back. Because you look like... You look like a crazy Nazi. My baby is actually screaming in the other room. He's screaming so loud that I can hear him even though I'm in the comfort of this cozy closet. So that's not good. He maybe just he just hates my new hair. He's like, my dad looks like a racist. He looks like he's going to try to commit genocide. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm trendy. I, uh... But it makes a lot of sense, you know, like these because the, the, the Nazis, they were super into style. That was part of the whole thing. They were supposed to be the, the, the healthiest, the, the most beautiful people in the world. And uh, Hitler and his blonde hair and blue eyes and everyone should be tall and gorgeous. Even though I never understood that. He was short and, and stubby and he had brown hair. Like, what, I don't get his, the Uberman he was after, the Ubermensch. Like, what the fuck, dude? You don't look anything like that. I said, this sounds like a hacky stand-up bit almost, what I'm doing now. It's not. I know. It's not a bit of mine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I never, I never get that. But he, he, looked, he looked terrible. Whatever the fuck he was yelling about. And, um, but they looked, they looked good, though, his army. They, they had Hugo Boss design their suits. And a lot of people know that. But, like, all the, the, the knee-high boots and then and the form-fitting suit and the splash of red on the armband. Like, that was fucking Hugo Boss. And uh, the, man can, the man can make a suit. I, I honest to Christ don't know how he stayed in business. You know, when you're known as the Nazi suit designer guy, how the fuck do you stay in business? But uh, that's, now that's some good marketing. He must have been on the Oscars or some shit, you know? At the time, maybe some maybe Humphrey Bogart came out in a Hugo Boss suit or something. Made everybody go, okay, Hugo's okay. I don't, I, I don't have a clue how he stayed in business. And then, of course, they got nice haircuts, you know, because it's, it's kind of a good man's haircut no matter, no matter what era you're in. You kind of you keep the sides real close and the back real close, and you leave a little hair on top to do a little poof-de-poof over, you know? It looks pretty good. Well, on most people. On me, apparently, needs it'll grow out. You guys, it'll grow out. So don't worry about it. Oh, my God. All right, I got to end this podcast because I'm sitting here. Sitting here, my, my butt. My butt is killing me. You guys, you guys know I got the osteoporosis, you know? My baby is screaming. And don't get me wrong, I'm not ignoring the baby. It's just that it's his nap time. And he has to stay in his bed for a certain period of time, even if he cries all the way through it. Uh, it is, but it, that's, that's just the way it goes. Uh, he's been sleeping great. I know you're worried out there about little Sam and his sleeping habits, but he's been sleeping wonderfully. But right now, he's fucking, he's angry. He's an angry boy. He's learning things. Apparently they get, they get more, it's more difficult for them to sleep when they're learning things. Like he's going da, 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 da right now. My wife's like, oh, he's saying da, da. And my wife's like, oh, so do you feel like crying? I'm like, no, he's just, he's just fucking yelling gibberish. That's the only syllable he can make. Da, da, da. He doesn't know da, da means father. He doesn't even know I'm his father. You know, he just knows I'm a guy running around with a Nazi haircut yelling into a microphone. 
Sometimes I disappear into a closet. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on with me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much uh, for listening. I'll check in on you again soon. I'm going to go out now, try to calm down this fucking baby, and uh, probably wear uh, a baseball hat for the next couple weeks. Later on now!